before we get started this week, I want to tell you guys about the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival. This spring, Cowtown becomes Chowtown, and it's all thanks to the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival, a can't-miss celebration of our community's diverse flavors. With six events between April 4th and 7th, the festival features a growing roster of talented chefs and food artisans, as well as craft brewers and distinctive vintners, bringing a range of tastes, styles, and methods that reflect the diversity of the city itself. But it's more than a good time. It's a good cause, with proceeds supporting local grant programs and culinary scholarships. Event tickets get you all you can eat and drink from the best chefs in Fort Worth and beyond. And this year brings two brand new ways to experience the festival. The Culinary Corral, a four-hour celebration of the best of the fest, and the Ring of Fire Next Level Cookout, a live fire and live music event. Buy tickets today and learn more about the festival at fwfwf.com. That's fwfwf.com. the level of professionalism um, in some of the kitchens that I was in was amazing and it was a great learning experience and um, I'd love to see more kitchens with that type of professionalism you know as a standard. Okay the seven P's are proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. As a young cook I've always thought about what it was that I wanted to do as a chef and how I wanted to um, you know, one day have my own say in what it was that I was doing. The only difference between me right now and me 15 years ago as a dishwasher is that now they call me chef. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Cringe. Today I'm joined by Jen Williams, chef and owner of JC Hospitality. Thank you so much for coming out today. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. No problem. I know there are some issues with the parking and and, uh, walking a mile to get over here. For sure. These boots I'm breaking in today, uh, (laughs) I didn't realize was going to be happening so quickly, but you know. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're here now and uh, and we're ready to go. Um, So to start off, you studied uh, political science and mass communication Mm -hmm. at Texas State. Why did you change your career path so drastically? Um, You know... For me, cooking was always something that was um, what I wanted to do, but I was kind of scared to get into. Um, Everyone in my family went to college. Going to culinary school or being a chef wasn't really something um, that anyone did, and it wasn't really considered, you know, something that my parents really wanted me to do. So I took their path. I tried to do what they wanted me to do, and I was in school for three and a half years, working in restaurants, mind you, the whole time. And uh, finally just decided to make the leap. I was sick of school. I was failing out because I was spending all of my time in restaurants and (laughs) sometimes, you know, on 6th Street after that, (laughs) you know. But uh, I just knew that, um, you know, college wasn't for me anymore and uh, cooking was where I wanted to go. So I just threw myself into it pretty much. So you worked there, and then you got out of San Marcos. Uh, you went to community college, mm-hmm. um, and then you made your way out to Chicago. Yeah. Uh, what brought you out to Chicago? Uh, when I was cooking in Austin, I met a bunch of different uh, people who were from different parts of the country, and I met a cook that was from uh, Chicago originally, 
And, um, you know, I'd been in the Austin Hill Country area for about like five years now because, you know, I was dragging that out as long as I could. <laughs> and um, I, uh, you know, I didn't really want to go back to DFW yet. Um, I felt like there was more on my list to accomplish. And um, I had chef friends that said, go to Chicago, go to a big city and try and make it there. And uh, so luckily I had a couple of connections up there. So it was um, easier for me to just kind of pick up and uh, take my 23-year-old self across the country. <laughs> That's, um, I, I came out to Texas from New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, I was, well, I was 18 coming uh, for college. But it's kind of the same thing. I didn't know anyone and I just kind of went. And it's a neat experience because you're almost an open book at that point. Um, so totally. you you'd already learned in Texas kitchens. Did you find a difference going to Chicago um, and and the way they run their kitchens? Completely. Um, you know, it was interesting to me what like a uh, high standard I saw um, in places in Austin would be almost kind of a uh, a mediocre joint in Chicago. Or more, no, I wouldn't even say that, but like there was a lot more places that were on that same level as uh, some of the better places in Chicago. That seemed to be kind of the norm as opposed to it being like a top tier kind of place. Um, so I realized really quickly that I had to step up my game and, uh, you know, started working more and more and more and more. <laughs> and uh, obviously you succeeded out there. Um, do you have anything that you miss about Chicago? Yeah, I miss Chicago all the time. Um, I think I, I really learned to love the big city. Um, I love the noise. Oddly enough, I sleep better with like a, a noise in the background. Um, and I miss the competition in kitchens. Um, the Like I said, kind of just the level of professionalism um, in some of the kitchens that I was in was amazing and it was a great learning experience. And um, I'd love to see more kitchens with that type of professionalism, you know, as a standard. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm kind of a part of the culinary school now to try and help students and, uh, you know, just our community and kitchens bring it up a little bit. What brought you back to Texas? Um, you know, I'm an eight generation Texan. I'm a <laughs> Texas girl. I always had planned on coming back. It was just kind of a matter of time. Um, I never had a timeline. It was just, you know, one year I was like, it's really cold. And I do not like this cold weather any longer. And, uh, you know, I missed my friends. Uh, you know, life was kind of just changing. And I figured, hey, I haven't been back in DFW since I was 18 years old. You know, I'm 27, 28 now. Maybe I should give it a go. <laughs> uh, so when, once you got back to DFW and, and specifically Fort Worth, um, you began with Magnolia Cheese Company. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, what, what was that like for you? That was my baby. Um, I That was my first executive chef position, so I took it very, very seriously, and everything was very personal. <laughs> um, so I've learned a lot from that experience. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. I got exposed to a lot of different cheeses. Um, and I was pretty much able to do just about whatever I wanted to with the menu. Um, we were a cafe slash cheese shop, so the entire menu had to have one element of cheese in it. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. It pushed my limits of creativity, and um, you know, I was exposing myself as well as Fort Worth to a bunch of different flavor combinations, and like not just your you know, uh, turkey club. I was doing funky different things with, uh, you know, different pickles and cheeses and how I was preparing the meats and all of that kind of fun stuff. So 
it was it was a great time. What's the most interesting combo you made with the cheese? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, you know, there was this one cheese that is like still one of my favorites. It's called Barely Buzzed. Um, it's a cheddar that has uh, espresso and lavender grinds uh, rubbed on the outside of it. So it's really nutty and creamy on the inside, but then it's got all of these really floral notes from the lavender. And then like the espresso is just really bright and pungent and like it will actually like give you like a boost in your energy. Seriously. <laughs> like if you eat enough of it, I swear you will actually feel like side effects from the caffeine. But anyways, um, so I made a pesto out of that, um, cheese, making sure to keep like the rind in there and stuff, but I made it with sun-dried tomatoes and I think pecans or almonds. I can't really remember off the top of my head. Um, but it was, you know, sun-dried, toma- sun-dried tomato with this coffee and lavender rub, um, a little bit of garlic, and I did it with like a, a, a grilled uh, tri-tip, I think, with lettuce and tomato. So it was kind of like a classic sandwich, steak sandwich with pesto, but, you know, just a twist with the ingredients and doing something a little different. That was a fun one. Okay, so 360 Magazine, or 360 West Magazine, excuse me, uh, wrote a really great article about you in 2014 um, that I would recommend people read. It's, it's really interesting, uh, it's kind fun. of fun. Yeah, it's a yeah. fun article. Um, but it documented basically a day in the life uh, during your time mm-hmm. at the Magnolia Cheese Company. Um, it seems like you had a million different jobs to do before the restaurant even opened. And then once the restaurant opened, you had a million more jobs to do. Completely. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what, what were some of those duties that people might not think about uh, when they think of an executive chef? Hmm. Well, in that small of a location, um, you're not just the executive chef. You wear all of the hats. You know, um, something that I tell people all the time still is that um, I might be the only difference between me right now and me 15 years ago as a dishwasher is that now they call me chef. Um, you know, an executive chef is the dishwasher. If the dishwasher doesn't show up, they are that person that has to work on the line. They're the person that has to go clean up the throw up in the bathroom because nobody else wants to touch it. You know, (laughs) like all of the gnarly jobs that nobody wants to do. Um, you know, you kind of have to just get over and and take on yourself on top of, um, you know, playing general manager for the most part. And like I said, we were a really small place. So at any given time, if there wasn't a waitress, uh, you know, that was able to take care of a table, I was running over and taking orders, um, and being front of the house as well as, you know, going back to the kitchen and making sure that my guys are all right and being able to pump out the food when we're getting our asses kicked, and, you know, so there's a lot of a lot of things. I hear a lot of people be like, I want to own a restaurant one day. And I mean, so do I. <laughs> but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And there's a lot of learning and training um, just in the industry that I think is really necessary if you want to be a good leader and a good manager, you know, for your people. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I hear you say um, sometimes when I'm, uh, you know, eavesdropping on one of your classes um, is just the importance of, of kind of being prepared and, and yeah. being ready to do whatever it takes. Um, do you have maybe a single piece of advice that you'd give to someone that maybe they want to be an executive chef and uh, they don't know, you know, what kind of personality it takes uh, to be that yeah. executive chef? Um, you need to be assertive. First and foremost, um, say what you 
say what you mean. Don't say what you think all the time because <laughs> I have to catch myself a lot of times too, and sometimes I don't. Um, you know, but say what you mean and not what you think. Um, direct communication, I think, is uh, really important in the restaurant industry. Everything moves so quickly that if you're not talking about everything that's going on situationally, um, internally, externally, everything, then who knows what you know wrong turn you can start snowballing down. You know, because there's just this one time that communication wasn't there. Um, you know, somebody that's compassionate, um, and I think someone that uh, is empathetic is a good chef. Um, I know I've had, you know, my fair share of times crying on my executive chef's shoulder about, you know, just life. Um, and there's been many a times where I've had my cooks come to me with life. And, um, you know, I think that the community and the family that you can build in a kitchen, um, just showing empathy um, as a chef and as a leader is, you know, crucial to keep a strong team together. And I'm sure those are some of the uh, qualities that you would need to have to run your own business, yeah. um, which you do now, uh, called JC Hospitality, as I had mentioned before. Uh, you opened that in 2015. How did mm -hmm. this idea start and how did you put it into practice? Um, you know, as a young cook, I've always thought about what it was that I wanted to do as a chef and how I wanted to, um, you know, one day have my own say in what it was that I was doing. I knew that I needed to go through the process of uh, working in restaurants, working for amazing chefs, living in Chicago, you know, working in fine dining um, to get the confidence and the skill set that I needed to do what I'm doing now. Because what I'm doing now is basically a combination of all of the jobs I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it exactly? Um, so JC Hospitality is uh, catering and pop-up kitchens. Um, I do weddings, birthdays, anniversaries. I'll come to your house and do um, dinner for two um, up to about 20. I've got um, fellow chef friends of mine who um, are my assistants and come out, uh, you know, and we'll throw one hell of a dinner party. Um, and then we also do pop-up kitchen events. Um, so I travel to different uh, breweries, different wineries, um, just different fun locations and do kind of themed uh, dinners and brunches. Um, more uh, recently and most kind of regularly, I do brunch at uh, Acre Distilling, um, the Collective Brewing Project, um, I've been doing dinners in uh, Grapevine at, uh, off the Vine, which is off of uh, Main Street down there. Um, so I just try and find neat places that, uh, you know, I can share my food with people. How can people keep up with uh, where you're going to be? Um, I post everything on social media. I'm still working on the website, so um, <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> I'll get that money together sometime. Um but on Facebook, uh, JC Hospitality is um, at JC Specialties. And then on Instagram, I am WindyCity underscore Jen. And, um, you know, I post foodie pics, dog pics, uh, what I'm doing just normally in relation to food and also where events are going to be and stuff like that. Cool. Um, do you have a favorite kind of event that you do? 
You know, I really think that my pop-ups are my favorite. Uh, that, you know, like I said, my job now kind of encompasses all of the jobs that I've had working in the restaurant business. And I really started, and you know, really enjoying those off-site events that we got to do, um, whether it had been at um, Green City Market in Chicago, um, just doing a little tasting, or like at March of Dimes, just a charity event where you've got one sample that you're handing out to people and stuff in a, in a neat venue um, that's just not your restaurant. And it's a little different. You have to like, you know, pack everything up and be more prepared. Anything can happen uh-huh. kind of stuff. <laughs> and so I really enjoy that aspect of when we, you know, got to enjoy that time out of the restaurant. Um, so it's uh, a part of me being able to inc- like put that into what I do on a regular basis. And it's it's fun. What are some of the struggles that you face owning a small business um, and how do you overcome some of those struggles? Um, you know, it's normally a monetary issue. Um, luckily in Fort Worth or, or a kitchen space issue, you know, like I don't have my own kitchen. So uh, renting space is uh, expensive. But luckily, um, you know, in Fort Worth, we've got a pretty strong community of chefs um, that do want to help out their other fellow chefs that are, you know, fighting the good fight. And um, so, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to like use spaces for free. And uh, just because they, you know, appreciate what I'm doing and stuff like that. Um, but I think it, this, at the same time, like I love what I'm doing and I do all of these different things, but at the same time, that's probably part of the struggle too, um, is that making sure that I'm on top of all of my receipts and all of my Excel spreadsheets and all of that stuff. Whenever I'm kind of the foodie person, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's what I excel at. That's what my, my love and passions for. So I can be in the kitchen all day. And then when it comes to like sitting down and doing the (laughs) other stuff, it's like, ah, math. (laughs) (laughs) So is it all just you? Uh, yeah, for the most part, um, running the business aspect of it. Um, but then, like I said, I have, um, assistants that are chef friends of mine, a couple of culinary school graduates, actually, um, Fort school graduates, um, who I have worked for me at one restaurant or another. Um, and then I've had some students as well, just kind of help me out. And, um, I think my favorite was one of the students said like, chef, if you need an apprentice, like, you know, I'm, I'm here. And I was like, well, what do you think you're doing right now? <laughs> I'm not paying you. <laughs> Come <That's> on. Awesome. <laughs> um, when, so I've, I've asked you some of the struggles, obviously. Um, but what are some of the advantage, uh, advantages of having your own business? Um, I'm not working for the man anymore. Um, you know, I've always been a very strong kind of independent, um, just, I, I try and mean what I say and, uh, um, do what I say I'm going to do. And, um, you know, with that being said, like I can do that on my own pace and like actually things will get done the way that I want them to be done. Um, but at the same time that can drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I don't have anybody to, um, try and like calm my art. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've had, um, owners in the past, um, 
I remember one time specifically, uh, I was told that my watermelon salad was too pretty <laughs> and I needed to like scale back on how pretty it was. And I just looked at the owner and I was like, there's no such thing as too pretty. Yeah. You know, you eat with your eyes first. And so I make sure that like I have the final say on all of those things. And what was his point? <laughs> um, it, there ego. Yeah. Really? You know, and I don't have to deal with other people's egos. That's <laughs> that's a good one. Um, so you have total control now. Do you have a favorite dish to cook? or uh, And also, um, on the flip side of that, do you like to kind of push the boundaries and make people step out of their comfort zones? With 100%. What that's like my favorite way to cook. Um, you know, I was taught as a chef, as a young cook, that chef's jobs were to take people out of their comfort zone, that our job was to introduce people to the ingredients and the styles of cuisine that they weren't familiar with. Because if we're not going to teach them who it's, you know, um, I've put my life and what I do into this career so that I can share that information with people. And I also think that in restaurants and with menus, um, you know, I was taught that you you never dumb down a menu to what you think the people are going to like. You elevate the people to what it is that you're trying to do. And so, um, you know, I, I definitely try and push the boundaries um, as much as possible, but within reason. You know, I know what I'm dealing with. And mm-hmm. so I want to try and um, kind of ease people into things. Um, I do a lot of food where I'll take um, a classic dish of some sort, but just change up ingredients or introduce different flavor combinations or something like that. But, you know, it's still kind of similar to uh, something that they can recognize. Um, favorite dish, that's hard. <laughs> Um, I feel like that's always the hardest question that I get. And I get it regularly. Like everyone wants to ask that question. <laughs> and Or they'll say, what's your specialty? What's your favorite thing to cook or, or your favorite type of cuisine? And, you know, I was brought up cooking French and Italian classically trained food. Um, but it was always with a seasonal stent. Um, always with the touch of class and a little bit of flair and a good looking dish, you know. Um, so I just try and kind of stay true to what's seasonal and what I know tastes good together and techniques that I've been taught. Um, I kind of lean towards more Italian style cuisine as I've watched my food, you mm-hmm. know, like as I've seen it kind of evolve. Um but I wouldn't say at all that I'm I'm an Italian-based chef, you know, because I also take, like, um, you know, memories or dishes that I've had from Brazil or in France or, um, you know, just different pl- – or in, in Chicago or wherever, you know, and kind of encompass that in my style as well. So, um, you know, just kind of a little bit of everything. You're like the Swiss army knife of yes, chefs. Yes, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> Funny story really quick okay, about please. Swiss army yeah. knife. Um, so these, this is one of those you knew you were going to be a chef when. Um, when I was in like kindergarten or first grade or something, my dad is a former army. So like knives are, have always been kind of a thing and Um, I was always a little bit of a tomboy. So my dad gave me a Swiss army knife and I was so excited about it. And so I took my knife to school with me (laughs) to show everyone my Uh knife as you do. 
And uh, yeah, I ended up in the principal's office real quick as I was like <laughs> slinging around my switchblade and <laughs> things of that nature. Right, so. So, so it is a good uh, nickname yeah. for you. Yeah, totally. You knew you were going to be a chef when. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty evident listening to you talk and um, even just watching you teach that uh, you really, I mean, it seems like it at least, you love being around people and you love helping people. Good, um, I'm pulling it off. Yeah, you're pulling it off. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I would never know any different. Um, but it, it seems like you really do help, uh, l- like helping people. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and helping teach uh, these future chefs. Did you ever think that you were going to be a teacher at any point? Yeah, I did, actually. Um, I come from a family of teachers. Uh, my grandmother was a high school teacher at uh, Southwest here in Fort Worth. Uh, my grandfather was a professor at Texas Wesleyan. Um, So I've always had that kind of in my um, background, in my life, um, in in my family. Um, You know, I was getting grammar lessons up until, you know, I moved to Austin from my grandma on a daily (laughs) basis and um, just kind of like um, speaking tips and things like that. My dad speaks a lot in front of um, large crowds. Uh, He was a, a a helicopter pilot, and he was a test pilot and instructor as well. So, um, you know, I've always kind of had that in me. Um, and as before, whenever I was new chef, you know, teacher was in one of those, like, I want to be a teacher when I grow up <laughs> at some point too. So, yeah. It's cool. It seems like you've gotten to do everything that you've wanted to do. I'm uh, trying. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, <laughs> Get one that's trip great. at it, you know. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's wrap this up um, and – let me ask you, can you tell me the seven P's and why they're important? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. Okay, the seven P's are proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Um, that is a term that was taught to me by one of my executive chefs in Chicago, um, James Beard award-winning chef. We got Michelin recognition when I was cooking under him. And basically it says all it needs to, I think, in in those seven Ps. Um, do what needs to be done to make sure that you're prepared for whatever's going to come at you because in the restaurant and in the kitchen, I compare it to a pirate ship at many a times and you don't know what's going to come, but you need to be prepared for it. You should make a T-shirt or something. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jen, thank you so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. And it, was, sure. it was fun talking with you. Thanks. I appreciate it, too. Thanks. That interview with Jen Williams was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out to them for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu. That's csftw.edu, or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427. Also, you can check them out on social media and see what's going on daily at the school at Culinary School of Fort Worth on Facebook and Culinary School FTW on Instagram.